Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And welcome to the Sages Among Us. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores. And it's great to be with you this Wednesday night. Tonight, my guest is Debbie Thomas. Debbie grew up in Menlo Park. She spent over 30 years of her career in the Silicon Valley, primarily in leadership and management roles. And she also was a Peace Corps community and organizational development facilitator, which we will hear more about. Debbie now makes her home in Grass Valley, and I'm really excited to have her here. Deb, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here with you, Holly, and all the listeners. <laughs> Yay. So um, I know a little bit about you, but not as much as I'd like. One thing I do know is that you are a born and raised, probably were volunteering in some capacity before you could walk. Is that accurate? I would say so, because my parents have always been very involved in the communities they've lived in, and they really encouraged us to get involved in different youth projects and things, and they were always involved. So whether we wanted to or not, we got dragged along, and pretty soon we came to really understand, my brother and I, how important doing things for the community was. And your parents, for people who may not know, are Barbara and the recently late, sadly, Ed Thomas, who have given so much to this community in so many different ways. And I think when you came into town, people... you. They're, they're like the flagship, right? Like, yeah. There's a certain well, expectation. I, well, I, for the first year, I for those I, people that I already knew, of course, because I had met so many people on vacations and holidays up here, but I sort of flew under the radar because I wanted to get to know the community before it was like, oh, I'm Ann and Barbara Thomas's daughter. So um, I really appreciate how much they paved the way in the community, and it's been a great place to just set up the next stage of my life. And if you hear a little dog in the background, that's my puppy. I just wondered what that was. <laughs> yes, we could hear yeah. it. So 30-plus uh, years in the Silicon Valley, is there any sense of community that you get? I think of it as being such a large area. Uh, can you make a difference? Did you try down there? Well, I would say I was one of the really fortunate people who started early um, in the 80s when the whole theme around working for companies was great place to work. The first place I worked had a sabbatical um, for three months, three months paid after you worked there for six years. And the intention was, okay, yes, go out and travel, but maybe do something for your community as well. Most of us used it for travel because we worked so hard. But all the companies that I worked for always had a focus on giving back, whether it was some kind of annual initiative or a day of work. And a couple of the places I worked even gave you like two holidays, days a year that you could use to volunteer somewhere. And then matching. When I worked for Microsoft, they matched everything um, financially if we wanted to make donations to philanthropic um, organizations. So um, we touched on the fact that you were raised that way. Did you have other role models in um, addition to your parents that kind of led that path for you? 
Well, because I did because they were involved in so many different groups. There was one couple, and this is why I ended up going into the Peace Corps in my 50s, is that I, when I was 13, I went to see a presentation on them spending two years in Nepal as Peace Corps volunteers, and I was inspired then. I thought, I'm going to do that someday. just took me a long time to get to it, but... Um, we were always surrounded by people doing things, little work projects, working um, in different communities. One one year, my parents were, um, what do you call it, hosts in a house of 18-year-old girls after high school, and they did lots of projects. So I joined in when I could after I was out of college, and we did things like picking garlic and Fresno and things that could help people see a different way or teach capacities to people. So there were just lots of opportunities um, to get involved and be involved. And what educational path did you take? Well, I went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, and I originally wanted to be do what you do, Holly. I wanted to be a journalist, and I took um, two and a half years of that program because at Cal Poly you start taking your um, major right away. You don't wait till the last two years. And after two and a half years, I thought, you know, I could probably make more money doing blah, blah, blah. So I switched to <laughs> political science and international affairs. And so I almost have a double major in both of those. And at that point, I thought, oh, I'm going to go work for, you know, the Foreign Service or something. But, you know, when you're early in your college and adult years, you're very politically aligned. So I was like, mm, I'm not ready to follow this political trail that we're on. So I ended up, um, my dad was a CPA, and I ended up interviewing a lot of his clients that worked in business and different companies and figured out that, hey, I might be good at sales. So I looked for companies that had sales training programs and started applying for those and eventually got hired on at uh, Roll Corporation, which was a really awesome company in the 80s. So that was, you know, I took my journalism and writing skills and my ability to deal with people and conflict into that Silicon Valley now kind of a nightmare, but it was super exciting and fun back in the day. Well, one of the things you touched on is companies that had a culture that made it a good place to work. And I remember getting advice that I did not heed to actually go after a company and find a job rather than try to find a job in whatever company. Did you find yourself kind of uh, gearing your skills or your interest to specific companies or just whatever came I about? I did. I actually said, what is the company that has the values and the environment that I want to work in and has a training program to take somebody who has a lot of enthusiasm but doesn't have a computer science degree? Because back then, having those kinds of degrees was really important. And the two companies, one was IBM, so a huge company who had great uh, sales training programs. And then there was Rome Corporation, which sold computerized phone systems. And I ended up getting hired there by um, part of the organization I knew some people in. And, you know, networking was always the way to get things done. You know, you could you could get in the door, but you had to network. And so um, I made a lot of visits to the Rome facility to meet people and convince them they should 
invest six months of training in me and that I would be a great employee. And I ended up working there for seven years. So nice. uh, Yeah. And you said about 30 years, which seems crazy to me that you would have been in the Silicon (laughs) Valley working. And along the way, or sometime in there, you found time to join the Peace Corps. So Tell me a little bit about what that process was like, because I want to just say this for and for probably a lot of listeners. I always thought that was like a fresh out of college or right out of high school thing. I didn't think people could do it after 30. Absolutely. When John F. Kennedy started it in 1961, it was a way for college students to come out and give back to the world and to promote um, American values and build goodwill, and also for us to bring back cultural aspects to teach Americans about how other people live. And so it evolved over the years, and now I want to say it's at least 20% of Peace Corps volunteers are over 50, and there are so many assignments that you can do because part one of the three goals of Peace Corps is to teach um, capacities to the people that you live and work with. And so when you take someone who's been in any kind of a career, whether it's teaching or in my case, business, um, you are farming, whatever it might be, you can take those to many, many different countries in the world that need that kind of help and development. And ultimately they say it's the hardest job you'll ever love I think as a volunteer, you walk away with so much more than you give, even though you're giving every single day. It's not a five day a week. It's basically um, seven days a week and you live in a community and you live like they do and you figure out how you're going to contribute in your first assignment. And then in reality, you do what the community needs you to do. Like I worked in the schools, even though I was in a municipality, I worked with my site mate and doing hand washing training videos with the the local um, school there that was right next to where I lived. And so there's just so many um, opportunities. But how I got there is I was trying to peel back my career and I wanted to get off the road and out of airplanes. And so I went into human resources for two years, which was great because I use a lot of that now. And then after that, I just wasn't feeling satisfied anymore. And I thought, what do I want to do? And this is kind of a a funny, quirky story. But one day I came home and there was a little um, flyer on my door that said, you could sell your condo for this amount of money. And that same week, I opened Time magazine and saw an ad for the Peace Corps. And that same week, I met some people on the street that had just gotten back from being in Kazakhstan for two years, and they were a married couple. And so it was one of those, what I call universal winks or nudges that, you know what, remember you always wanted to go in the Peace Corps? I think this is the time to do it. It I sold my condo, and I applied, and I ultimately was accepted. It sounds like quite a journey. Uh, My guest tonight is Deb Thomas. I'm Holly Grimaldi-Flores. You are listening to The Sages Among Us. So, Deb, more about this. How did you end up in Nepal? Well, I was in Albania. The people that I had seen speak earlier in my life were in Nepal. But um, I was in Albania. And originally, I had applied. And when the time when I applied, you didn't apply for a specific position you said what your skills were and maybe there was a sector and mine was community and organizational development. And I really wanted to go to Africa. And so I was actually invited to go to Kenya 
And then the first invasion of Ukraine happened. And so they pulled all the volunteers out of Ukraine. That was in, I think, 2013 or 14. And so they emailed me and said, sorry, you can't go to Africa because we're putting all the old Ukrainian volunteers in Africa. And we'd like to extend an offer to you for Albania. And I had gone to a wedding in Greece um, in 2005, and I saw across the the Adriatic, I'm like, what's that country over there? And someone said, oh, that's Albania. And I thought, I got to go there someday. So I had no idea that I would someday end up in Albania. And it was the greatest experience of my life. Well, what I know about Albania comes from an episode of Cheers. I may have mentioned this many years ago. When Coach and Sam are going to school and they're having trouble with geography. And so Coach has a song and the first one is Albania. And we know that it borders on the Adriatic and its main export, I believe, was steel. But um, that was the jingle. And that encompasses my entire knowledge of Albania. So (laughs) That's awesome. uh, We all had to memorize that. Of course, I can't sing it right now because my brain is a little full, but... Um, well, yeah, I, at uh, least you knew what I was talking about. I do, I do. Albania, Albania. <laughs> if you know, if you give me enough time and a glass of wine, I could probably remember it. Exactly. But, yeah, no, it's an amazing country. Um, it's so beautiful. It has Alps, it's got its coastline, and farming is the number one industry there. And so, most of the people, most of us as volunteers, lived in these smaller villages. A few people lived in the capital city and some of the coastal bigger cities, but most of us were in villages. So everybody in the town pretty much knew you and looked out for you. And if you didn't come out of your apartment one day, they'd be knocking on your door saying, what's wrong and bringing you food. And so yeah, it was really an amazing experience. What was that like shifting back to the United States? And if I can ask what brought you back? <clears throat> Well, I I wanted to stay longer, but I encountered a health issue. I was I was actually applied and, and invited to stay for a third year, but I had a health issue, and the medication I was on, the Peace Corps won't support you being on something that a blood thinner. So I had to come back, which was really rather devastating. Um, but I always try to take the positive road on these things and thought, well, something else is in store for me. And I, you know, knew that I didn't want to go back into high tech. I tried to get a job up here in some nonprofits. That didn't happen. So after about a year and a half, one of my old bosses said, you need a job. you got to come back. So I went back into a startup and lasted about a year and a half. Um, it was a great experience, but it reminded me why I was ready to do something else more meaningful in my life and be part of a community as opposed to just out, you know, creating shareholder value. So um, I moved here permanently, and it was Citizens Academy that actually led me to the work that I'm doing today. And if for people who don't know, Nevada County has an awesome program where you as a citizen can go, I think it's like 11 weeks, and every week, one night a week, um, when, yeah, one night a week, you hear about every department in the county and they present and you meet other fellow citizens. And that's how I got engaged with the county and started making connections and I'm doing the work I am today, which is leadership development. I thought that was going to be my next question. Tell me what that means, leadership development. 
So essentially what I do is um, it's great. Nevada County has made a huge investment um, in its organizational development and its people. And they have some initiatives. One is called High Performing Organization, which is how to improve local government from an organizational and leadership perspective. And then there's little pockets of teams who are looking to change and put in new culture in place. And that is everything from, you know, how to have better communication, teamwork, collaboration, creating common values. And I worked with this assistant CEO, Molly Legault, and we put together some workshops. And then my role in helping her co-facilitate was to work with the supervisors, program managers, and directors ongoing one-on-one on how they can um, both inspire their teams, how they can have more self-awareness, and how they can create really strong leadership skills in both themselves and their teams. And from that, I, I first worked in social services, then I worked, have been working in community development agency, and more recently, I'm working with the library branch management team. It's really interesting, um, the skill set to help people not only get along, but to lead and inspire. And that goes beyond the workplace, because I think that's a skill that you take into the community, which is so important in these times. So my next question, and uh, I will just take a break to say this, my guest is Deb Thomas, and you are listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR-FM. I'm Holly Grimaldi-Flores, your host for tonight. Deb, um, You've been up here now three, four years. It feels like a minute, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> it has it changed in your view? Well, I think that while I've been here, it's been one of the most interesting times, both for our country and also for the world, to be in this global, what was a global pandemic, and how people came together, and also observing how it created divisiveness. And I have to say, I I went to the parade, um, the Nevada City slash Grass Valley parade, which which this year was in Nevada City. And it felt like what drew me to the community in the first place years ago when I would come up here is there was this spirit and joy and it didn't matter if it's red or blue or your political views. It was all about the spirit of America and this great place we live. And there were several groups marching in the um, in the parade that were Bright Futures for Youth and other nonprofits that are doing things to help the community. And I always tell people how you can live in a place of, you know, well, the county, 100,000 people, but let's say Grass Valley in Nevada City, to have this many nonprofits, to have this many people working to help disadvantaged and people who need assistance. So that's what really drew me here. I think... Um when I got here, which was 1995, I didn't have any real idea of the number of community members that really are embracing those that need the help. And I quickly found my way into that, to the service industries, if you will, of nonprofits and volunteerism. And same thing, kind of astonished how many groups there are trying to help and how many people are being helped. And then these last few years, it just felt like something shifted. And I'm really uh, hopeful that we can get that back. And I'm thinking about your skill set and how 
it really can help people figure out how to be different together. That's well, and I want I want to say something else about that, Holly. That during my um, career in Silicon Valley, I was always the person that other managers sent their people to to say, you know, you're having problems in your career, or you can't figure out how you want to do better or whatever. So I was always the person that was helping get people on track. Um, I was a sounding board. And that's really how I developed my skill set for what I do today is talking to people, figuring out what inspires them. How do you set aspirational goals? And that's the work that I do with the different people I work with today. And I think that's the foundation for how we can continue to make this county and the community come back together, which is what inspires you? What does it feel like when you help someone else? Making time to, you know, listen to people instead of pushing each other's views or trying to convince people. And now that we can actually be in the room together and talk, I think that there's way more opportunity for us to do that, maybe in a new way with a new lens. But I think that discussions like this and talking to people one-on-one when you go out to any kind of cultural event here, which there are so many, and it's great to see that coming back uh, to full steam ahead on getting together and being together. It's talking to people and finding out what, what makes them tick and what inspires them to do something for somebody else. Well, and I think people have kind of I will say, for speaking for myself, I'm kind of starting to feel like it doesn't matter what I do. I can't make any significant change. And I have children that feel the same way as young adults. So I was wondering if you might speak to that. Well, for me, especially if I'm having a down day and because of my job is to inspire other people, the thing I always do is go talk to somebody or go there are so many things. I mentioned Bright Futures for Youth. You can go to any of these organizations and volunteer for an afternoon or a day. <clears throat> and, you know, even going to like the farmer's market and talking to people, it's finding how to make a connection with someone and then seeing what people are involved with. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's at a Weight Watchers meeting or something else. It's finding out what people do, are doing to give back or to be inspired. And then eventually you connect with them and say, you know what, I'd like to go to that or I'd like to come hear more about that. So it's I think it's coming out of being so isolated for two years that we maybe even being on Zoom all the time, we forgot what it's like to be interested in other people but not through a screen. So I would encourage, you know, anybody, whether it's, you know, young adults or people who are nearing retirement like myself is to get out and talk to people and find out what others are doing. And just, it doesn't have to be a full on commitment, but just a little bit of time to get out and see what it's like to work side by side with somebody to help someone who's less fortunate than we are. Well, and um, I know that you are with your mom now, and she has been volunteering her whole life. Um, are, are you following in that realm? I think of her with the arts and with youth. Do you find yourself led in that particular those particular genres, or do you have something else that tickles your fancy? 
Well, here's something about my personality that I've learned is I'm a kind of an all-in person. I'm not one that can spread myself too thin. I like to really go deep on something. So my intention is um, to continue the work I'm doing for the next couple of years and be and get as much exposure as I can to the other nonprofits helping where I can. But I've had, you know, several invitations to get really involved. And it's difficult for me to completely submerge myself into multiple things. So right now I'm really committed to what's going on with Nevada County. I'm working with Center for the Arts. I did work with Mountain Bounty um, a couple of years ago, and I still am in touch with some of those farmers. So that's the other thing that I wanted to say is some of these things where, you know, I'm helping earn a living. I continue once I work with someone, I continue on with them. I tell them, hey, if this engagement stops, you still can call me on the phone and I'll work with you. So I think that, you know, my intention. Uh Oh, did you go away? I lost my guest. Hmm. This happened to me the last time I was on the show here, and we have a good five minutes left. So if she calls back, Deb, if you're listening, you can call into the number, and we will get you right back on the line, or we can do what I did last time. We're going to listen to some lovely music, and I'll see if I can reconnect with her. So just hang on. It's the Sages Among Us. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores, and we're having a little bit of quiet time. This is Holly Grimaldi Flores on KVMR FM. It's about three minutes till seven, and I have not been able to reconnect with my guests. So we're going to just encourage you to get out, volunteer, find something that brings you joy, and let's get our community back on its feet. We've had two years of sitting at home, and as we are starting to go back out again, I just want to encourage everyone to think about ways we can come together and help one another. There's plenty of places to get involved. Find the thing that brings you joy. And you don't have to dive in deep, but if you can dive in just a little bit and uh, get your feet wet and find a way to contribute so that we're not all just taking, we're giving back a little bit.